Well, praise God. Open your Bibles anywhere. I'm going to cover it all in 36 minutes and 33 seconds. How about going to the book of the Revelation? Isn't that your favorite book? I am, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Jesus, and the book of Revelation is all about Jesus. And uh, actually, I do work with Lakewood and Pastor Joel, and we oversee the Champions Network of about 1,000 churches across the country. It's our job to get all of these people that are getting saved into good Bible-believing churches and get them discipled, including a great church like this. Uh, but I just, uh, so even though I'm a part of that, I actually tell people across the country that my official sponsor is the book of the Revelation because I'm bringing it back. It's a book that's been locked away. Nobody reads it. Everybody thinks it's about the end times and thinks it's about uh, everybody but Jesus Christ. Uh, it's kind of cute because the word antichrist isn't even in the book of the Revelation. The word Antichrist is not, isn't that a trivial question, huh? But I love this book because it is about Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you today and make a promise to you this morning that I'm going to put something in your hand. If you don't mind, if you just put your hand out just like this for a moment, if it doesn't feel too awkward, just like that. And I'm going to give you something today. I'm going to put a key a key in your hand. You will never forget this message. A thousand years from now in heaven, we'll be making eye contact and you'll be looking at me and I'll be looking at you and you'll say, I remember because I'm going to put a key in your hand. This key that is going to go in your hand by revelation today will be a key that will open doors that you could not and have not been able to open. This key that you're going to get in your hand will be a key that will shut doors that you haven't been able to shut. Things that keep coming in, things that keep creeping in your life, things that keep messing you up, things that drain you, things that choke you, things that are distracting you, this key that you're going to get in your hand today will open doors that you could have never opened, shut doors you could have never shut. Your life will move quicker, more fruitful. You will enter into places of destiny that have been waiting for you. You will be moving out of places that you do not belong in. This key is going to change your life. You will never forget this message. I see teenagers over here. And and in between your iPhone, you're going to hear me preaching to you. And in between your daydreaming, you're going to hear me. I don't even need you to pay attention. Because I'm not talking to your head. I'm talking to your spirit. You will never, ever forget what I'm going to say to you today. And if you're going to be a, if you're going to tweet, make sure I'll give you some good tweet lines, all right? Just give me the credit, at Phil Muncy, thank you. <laughs> Revelation, oh, Revelation, oh, I want to start from one, but I, I'll go to two, well, mm, 
32 minutes and 41 seconds. Let's start in chapter 3. And verse 7, as I get out these glasses, I just turned 59 years old. Uh, The apostle of the house is actually 13 days older than me. So I respect him, and he'll be here tonight, and we are going to have a time tonight. Dallas Cowboy football game, how boring compared to what's going to happen here tonight. Yes. A few years ago, my wife said to me, honey, you're, you're getting better looking every year. And I said, woman, I'm taking you out to eat. And we did. It was a fancy restaurant. I handed her to the menu. She couldn't read the menu. Isn't that cool? God just lets your eyes kind of fade a little bit as you get older. Oh, honey, you're beautiful. Where are you? Is that you? And to the messenger of the church of Philadelphia write these things, says he who is holy, he who is true. He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door. Say with me, please, an open door. And no one can shut it. No one can shut it. You can't even shut it. For you have a little strength and kept my word and have not denied my name. And then let me move on, just because there's only 30 minutes and 51 seconds left in my time. And he says, he says, he who overcomes, I'll make a pillar in my temple, and he shall go out no more, and I will write his name of my God in that city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down. That's very important. Say with me, comes down. Every time heaven, every time the holy city, Every time Jerusalem is mentioned in the book of the Revelation, it's always mentioned in this context. Descending, coming down. It's a very good thing to remember for a moment. Then he goes on and he says some other things about Jesus being the faithful amen. Everybody say Jesus is a faithful amen. That means Jesus is a faithful yes God. He is ready to say yes. God is just right there ready to say yes and amen. I love that. And then he goes on and he tells them about the warning of not being lukewarm. And then he counsels them. But then let's go to verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door. Please say with me the door. And I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, the door will open. I will come in and dine. Oh, I love that. And now chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. After these things, I looked and behold, standing was an open door in heaven. And the first voice I heard was like a trumpet speaking, saying, Come up here and let me show you things that are going to happen quickly. And immediately I was in the Spirit and a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Did you enjoy that? Can I give you a little hint? The book of Revelation is the only book that you get a blessing just reading it. You don't even have to understand it. You just read it, God blesses you. Isn't that cool? 
I read this book for a year and a half every day, all 22 chapters. Never understood it. I just read it. I just downloaded it because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the story of Jesus when he was in an earthly body. But then he ascended on high, and now John the Revelator gets a view of what Jesus is now, what he's doing now, and what his world is like. So I love this book. And in this book, we begin to see little glimpses of what it's like, this Jesus who is now glorified, and this Jesus who we worship. And he says, I have this key, this key that will open doors and shut doors. Now, many of us have heard people say things like, you know, God, God will open doors that no man can open and God will shut doors that no man can shut. But today, this morning, I want to be a little bit more technical about that whole idea. Actually, it's not God that opens and shuts doors. It is a key that opens and shuts doors. Is that all right to get technical like that? All right, about half of you. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed, be quiet. Motion passes. The, The key opens the door. The key opens the door. And we know later on in Revelation that Jesus gives to us, his church, the keys to the kingdom. So this is very important. And that is that God doesn't open and close doors. The key opens and closes doors. And that's technical because then the next question is, well, what key are we talking about? Oh, wow, you guys are so, you're so ahead of me right now. Just slow down and patronize me a little bit. Just go with me here. So it's not God that opens and closes doors. It's the key. It's the key that he gave us. And what is this key? It is the key of David. You have one. Now, that's important because it now is beginning to give us a sense that this key opens and shuts doors. This key God gave to us. And then he identifies this key as the key of David. Now, here it comes. It's coming right to you right now. Here it comes. It's almost at the door. It's about to knock. And you're about to open up the door and discover the key of David is worship. Because, you see, David is the godfather, if you will, of worship. David is, in fact, the person of whom tapped into and was first to understand this beautiful thing called worship. You see, worship is not just something we do for 15 minutes before uh, the announcements and before the preacher preaches. Oh, no. Worship is, in fact, the economy of God. Nothing happens between heaven and earth without worship having been a part of the currency. Worship is the oxygen of which is that which we live and breathe in heaven. Worship is, in fact, the bridge between man and God. It is the connection between the divine and humanity. Worship is, in fact, the only gap between heaven and earth is worship. 
If you know how to worship, you close the gap between heaven and earth. If you know how to worship, you step into God's world and into your world. They, in fact, collide with you in the middle. That when you understand worship, you understand that the passion of the book of the Revelation is this quest of God to descend and to invade, to be more a part of your life. You are not meant to do life without heaven's help. You are not meant to do life without God's grace and help. Always there, accessible. Heaven, in fact, the Bible says this, that the heavens is his throne, that's where he sits, and his feet is resting on the earth. So in reality, if God is sitting in heaven and his feet is on the earth, he's actually here right now. So God's not up there. God is in fact in our hearts, but he has also established all that he has and it's accessible through the language, through the understanding, through the currency of worship. David was the first to understand that. David was a young man who uh, was first on the scene as a shepherd boy. That meant he spent a lot of time by himself. And when you're by yourself a lot, you have a tendency to talk to yourself. No problem with that. Just don't answer yourself. But David somehow discovered something about his humanity and God's divinity. And somehow David figured out how to connect with heaven before there was a book on worship. Hillsong had not come out yet. Israel Houghton had not come on the scene. George Beverly Shea, I'm, I'm searching here. But David out in the field, somehow, I don't know how, I don't have the time to go into it, but somehow David found a way to tap his spirit and to tap into responding to God. I don't know. He saw the trees. The trees were brushing against each other. And he thought, well, I've got, I'm like a tree. And I've got branches. And he started kind of doing this. And, and then he got a sound. And, and then he turned his, oh, oh, whoa. And he said, well, if the trees can clap, I can clap. And he started clapping. He looked across the shore and he could see the waters as it were bouncing and leaping and almost dancing and David said I'm a creation of God and he started leaping like the waters and he started dancing I mean look he no one has taught him these things but he is beginning to get God excited because somehow David taps into worship he breaks into this realm where heaven invades upon him and touches him david feels the holy spirit in fact when it was illegal do i need to explain that yes some of you are looking at me like a deer in a headlight let me explain that to you you see during david's time there was uh some rules and some restrictions on getting access to god in fact, God was so holy, God was so pure, the, 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 the energy, the creativity, 
the majestic God in his purest form had to actually be protected, somewhat like an electrical transformer. The power is so potent that it has to be protected. So God took the quantity, the quality of himself, not the quantity, but the quality of himself, and he put himself in a concentrated form called the Shekinah presence of God. And he put it in a box. And then he put a tent around that box and then another tent around that box and then a bigger tent around that box. Then he set up some protocol for people to come and see God in a box. And here's the protocol. One priest once a year could touch the presence of God. But he better be perfect. He better have done everything right. Because if he didn't do everything perfect when he would walk in. In fact, they would put ropes around the priest's ankle. So that if he didn't do it right, he would die having contact with the holy God being an unholy man. And they couldn't even go in there and get him. They'd have to pull him out by the rope. Another thing they used to do is they used to sew bells on the bottom of their robes. They were the first to wear bell bottoms. Bad joke, I know, but then. So the priest is a jingling, jingling, with a rope on his on his ankle, and he's going through the protocol here. You got to wash your hands. You got to do the sacrifice. There's a pattern to the presence, and then you go into the holy place. When you go in there, there's where you offer the sprinkled blood, and then. There it is. That's the small, the box is behind that curtain. And so you take your elbows and you move past the veil. And then you step your foot in. And then you step it back. Oh, God, did I do it right? And when you step in that small room, the holies of the holies, and you enter in and the veil behind you closes, you are now in the press essence of God, the creator of the universe, the God that spoke the world into existence, you are now having an audience with almighty God. Wow. And David was experiencing that out in the wilderness when it was illegal. And God said to David, oh, David, you get me, man. You get me? These guys over here, man, they're shedding blood. They're going through all the rituals. They're going through all the stuff. But they don't get me, man. They're not giving me their heart. They're just giving me blood of animals. They're going through the routine. But David, you got me. The only human being ever quoted by God as saying these words, once in Samuel and once in Acts, David is a man after my own heart. What made God say that? Because he was perfect? He was not perfect. Oh, he lied. He was not perfect. What made God say that? Because he was a moral, perfect person? Oh, no. He was not morally perfect. What made God say that? Because David understood that he was spirit. And that he found that being spirit connected him with God who is spirit. And he found and stumbled into a language called worship. That if I can worship, I'm actually talking God's language. 
If I worship, I'm actually getting on the same frequency. You see, beloved, worship is something that you have as a spiritual being. And it's not a matter of are you a worshiper or are you not a worshiper. Oh, no, you are a worshiper. You're programmed to worship. Your spirit man worship. It's just a matter of who and when. And when you understand that you have something that God wants... That of all of his creation, he gets nothing from them. Niagara Falls, nothing. All creation, nothing. He set them in motion, spun them into their world. He gets nothing from them. Oh, they can praise him as they glorify him in their creation. But he gets no worship from them. Because creation cannot worship God. Because there's one little catch to being a worshiper. They that worship must worship in spirit. The rose doesn't have a spirit. Niagara Falls doesn't have a spirit. There's only one person, one element of the earth that has a spirit. And that's you and I, my brothers and sisters. And the Bible says that the Father is now, right now, hovering over Beaumont, Texas. And he's going past. He sees there's a softball tournament going on. but, But he thought they were worshiping him. But no, when he got closer, they were worshiping a home run that somebody had made. And so he went somewhere else. And there was a, a lot of ruckus and movement, some music playing. And he hovered over that and realized, oh, no, it was a pre-party for the Dallas game tonight. And then, he did, and then as he hovered over this building, he heard the same thing. I hear music. I, I hear shouting. But as he hovered in, the Father who seeks to worship, to be worshiped, the Father. How does it feel to be sitting in that chair? Though you may feel weak and vulnerable and as if you have no power and you are overcome by life and you just feel like that you're being beaten and dragged and pulled through life without any control. How does it feel to know that you have something that God wants? For the Father is seeking for something you have. Worship Him. When you tap that understanding of worship, that it's not three songs and an offering and then announcements. When you tap into the fact that worship is the economy of God, that the times that you have in worship, you close the gap between divinity and humanity, the gap between heaven and earth, within reach heaven and heaven's help is at your disposal if you learn how to worship. 
When you worship, you are given a key. And when you're given that key, it is the key. You will never have to guess. You will never have to wonder if you're in God's will. You'll never have to wonder, should I buy this house? Or, or, or should I marry this person? Or what is my next move? All you need to do is be a worshiper. Because if you know how to worship, you put the key in the door. And if the door opens, you know you didn't open it. God opened Opened it, and no man could ever, ever, ever shut it. And if it doesn't open, you don't get your feelings hurt. Get your feet back and your fingers back. Because God is just as much about shutting doors as he is opening doors. In fact, most open doors are the direct result of someone who has been willing to let God shut the door to the key of worship. Most beautiful opportunities that heaven is ready to give to us come typically as one door shuts, the next door opens. You go from exit To the next it. And you know that that was an exit. Because when you put the key of worship in. It did not turn. It did not budge. And it does. Don't kick it down. Don't pout. Don't force it. Don't speak in tongues at it. Don't fast at it. Don't get violent and say the violent take it by force. Oh no. We're not going there now. That's John the Baptist. We're not John the Baptist. We have been given a better covenant. Our yoke is easy and our burden is light. All we got to do is know how to use the key of David. Would you lift your hands with me right now for a moment? In those hands are the keys. In those hands are the keys. In those hands are the keys. And when you learn how to worship You learn how to open up heaven over your life. You learn how to open up doors that cannot be opened any other way. You learn how to close doors that cannot be closed any other way. Please say this with me today. Lord Jesus, here's my hands. Here's my heart. I'm ready to receive the key. Now bring your hands towards your heart right here. I'm speaking to you today because this is where your power, this is where God's will, this is where God's open heaven is about to be released. I asked Jesus, why am I here? Because a couple weeks ago I was praying in my house and I said, Jesus, place me before the people you want me to hear, be in front of. Put me behind the pulpit you want for me on this day. And after I got done praying, God gave me a vision of something that only time and space will ever give me a chance to share that. But I felt a holy moment come, and then I turned my phone on, and out came the text from Pastor Apostle Randy saying, If by chance are you open on this day, on this Sunday... Immediately the Holy Spirit said, this is the pulpit. These are the people I want you in front of on this day. 
God is going to release into our hands today the key of worship. And we're going to learn how to connect. How? You see, sometimes, can I walk down here? Is it illegal? Can I walk down here? Yes, it's illegal. It's, it's legal. You see, worship, in many of your cases, worship feels a little weird. It feels different. I peeked and looked at some of you as the presence of God came, and I could see that some of you felt a little awkward. It felt uh, uncomfortable. You didn't know what quite to do. It's like, what do I do? I raised my hands, and I don't feel nothing, and I, I, uh, I'm trying to get into this thing, and I, I don't really... And sometimes worship can feel intimidating. It's like going into the restroom at the airport, you know, and you, you want to wash your hands and you're, you know, and, and there's no water coming out. And, 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 and then you move your hand like this. And then no water. And, and, and then you do it again. Oh, and then it comes and then it goes off again. And you're like, it's like a mystery. Then you go over the paper towels, your hands now are wet, and you do the same thing. They do the same thing. <laughs> and sometimes it just feels like, come on, please, give me a break. And one time I was in the airport, and I was trying to wash my hands, and I, I went under, I went under slow. I did two hands crisscross. I did the turnaround quick back. I was getting so frustrated, and then a guy came over right next to me, turned the knob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and sometimes worship can feel like, well, I raised my hands. I didn't feel nothing. I clapped my hands. They said, lift your voice. I didn't feel anything. But friend, it's there. You are a worshiper. You were born to be a worshiper. You have spent most of your life and will spend the eternity of your life worshiping. I don't mean to go weird on you, but God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. I can't explain that. I don't have time. I got just six minutes left. But I'm just trying to tell you right now that somehow Jeremiah was with God before he found his mother's womb. And if he was with God, Revelation tells us that it's filled with worship. Worship is such a world that it will take eternity to tap it. And yet that access is ours now. Wow. And when you understand that It reminds me of the boy that was a three-year-old, four-year-old boy, rather, that had just got a baby sister. And they just brought her from the hospital, and she was just three days old. And mommy put her in her little bedroom, in her little bed, and left her sleep. And the little boy snuck in, and mother wondered, what is he doing? The little boy snuck into the room and tiptoed over to his baby sister. And the mother heard the boy say, Sis, tell me about God. I've almost forgotten. You see, you are a worshiper. The best you is when you are worshiping. When you worship, you transcend time and space and limitations. And your spirit connects with God and it is at home. 
When you worship, the mind is at peace. The physical body is at rest. When you worship, the heavens open. Come up here, your worship heart says, and let me show you things that are quickly going to come to pass because worship gives you prophetic eyes. Worship gives you a perspective of life that you can't see with these eyes. Close your eyes and worship and let the Lord show you the good things he has for you. It's the key, the key of David. It's the key of David. When you learn how to fumble and stumble your way into worship, sometimes it comes by reason of use. It feels like... Yes, Lord, hallelujah, I don't feel nothing. Everybody worship. I worship you, Lord, and your words just come right out of your mouth, stumble and bumble right down to the ground, and you think, this is not for me. I'm not a worshiper. Oh, yeah, you are. You just forgot. Because the moment that you connect, you will be addicted because the spirit that will live forever knows how to worship. You have to find your way. It's like this with four minutes left. It's like uh, there's an analogy of what it means to get in the spirit. Because how I many you know in the spirit is like a da na 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 na? Huh? How many know it's like get in the spirit? What does that mean? Spooky. Yeah? No. It's only weird if it doesn't work. That's a scripture. No, that's not a scripture. That's, that's something else. Something. <laughs> When you worship. 1 Corinthians 14 says it's like, it's like, it's like sleeping. Ah, that's it. Come unto me. For with stammering lips and other tongues, I'll speak to my people. Ah, and this will be the sleep. This will be the rest wherein the weary can rest. That's what it means to be in the spirit. It's, it means that I'm a spirit being. I'm also a physical being. It means that I've got to shift from being physically aware and be more spiritually aware. It's just like sleeping. Did you know that when you sleep, half your brain shuts down so the other half can go to work? Did you know that? I've got two minutes left. Act like you know that. Just shake your head like, oh, yeah, we know that. When you go to sleep, you tell half your body, there's a gatekeeper. All right, all gates will be shutting down from 1,000 down to 100. These gates will be shutting down, shut them down, shut them down, shut them down. And, you know, and, and they're getting ready to shut you down so that half of you can rest while the other can go to work. And that's what you do. And you know what you do to go to sleep? You get into it. You actually fake it. Oh, yeah. At night, tonight, after the cowboys game, after you get done, you know what you're going to do? You're going to get those old pajamas out. Those ones that you should have given the goodwill a long time ago. And you're going to get some warm milk and cold cookie. Or you're going to get a warm cookie and some cold milk. And you're going to sit down. You're going to get in your bed. You're going to turn on that TV show that you always watch before you go. And then you're going to lay down. And you're going to close your eyes. You're a faker. Five minutes later, your wife comes in. Are you sleeping? No. Well, what are you doing? I'm getting into it. (laughs) 
And the gatekeeper saying, shut her down, shut her down. <laughs> so that when you have a dream of somebody throwing a baseball bat at you, your hands don't reflect and hit your wife. <laughs> that ever happens, one of those gatekeepers are sleeping on the job. Because <laughs> it's all going, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. And when you do that, half your brain is now shut down and it's getting rest. And the other part of your brain is releasing healing. Did you know a baby can't grow unless they're sleeping? Only when a baby's sleeping. That's why they sleep so much. Because when they sleep, there's another part of their body that's released. That's the same way with worship. When you worship, you shut down circumstances, feelings, hurt, misunderstanding, damaged goods, confusion, anger, weariness. I don't get it. I'm confused. What? in the world's going on and the gatekeeper that shut her down shut her down shut her down you'll know better in the morning because i'm about to release joy i'm about to release healing in my presence is fullness of joy at my right hand is pleasures forevermore stand with me right now stand with me right now lift your hands but keep your eyes right on me lift your hands if you don't mind but keep your eyes wide open on me I'm prophetically speaking to you now that God today today God is going to open the heavens for us today I've come here today to tell you that you will not be going back to work Monday the same way I'm here to tell you that your husband is going to be different. Your wife is going to be different. The circumstances are going to shift. That's what we do. We come into an environment as an apostolic gift, and we shift an environment. And there's a shifting taking place, and it just started just now. For you have heard the word, and you have received the word, and now heaven is zeroing in on this house and all that you touch and all that touches you by Monday morning it's a game changer doors are going to shut and doors are going to open all of a sudden you've got a key in your hand close one of your hands and say by faith I have the key by faith I receive the key. Now lift those hands up. Say these words with me. This key will open doors I have not been able to see open. This key will shut doors that I have not been able to shut. This key will take me up and show me things that are shortly to come. Now open up your hands and give God worship. Hey, hey.
Go ahead. Let's take 90 more seconds. Go ahead. Get those hands up. You got to get into it. Come on. Your spirit is going to come to life. Put your hands in the right posture. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Hey. I see the heavens open. Stumble your way. Mumble your way. Don't be afraid of the struggle. But here you come to the throne. To the throne. God's presence. Almost there. 30 more seconds. Alleluia, alleluia to the Lamb. Alleluia, alleluia to the Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was born for this. I will do this for eternity. This is who I am. I just forgot. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. When I worship, I have the key. I have the key. Open and close the doors. And open and close the doors. Open and close the door, yeah. Open and close the door. Open and close the door. Open and close the door, yeah. Now place your hand over your heart. And I'm out of time and I'm going to walk away from this pulpit in seconds. But watch me, every eye on me, your hand's over your heart. Tonight, we will step into the prophetic realm of worship. We'll step into a world of of beautiful miracles tonight. The Lord is showing me why He brought Jeannie and I here. And everything will shift today. But to prove to you with signs and wonders... With your hands over your heart, something's going to stop right now. God, what is it that you want to stop? God is going to slam the door and say these words. The end. What is it? What is it? Keep it in your spirit. What is it that needs to stop? You can't shut the door. You shut it, it pops back open. You shut it, I'm not going to do that again, and it pops right back open again. You can't shut this door, but you have got the revelation of the key of David, and we're going to put it to test in these next 20 seconds. Are you ready? Are you ready? Father, 
in the name of Jesus. By the authority given to me as a man of God, we shut the door. That haunting, that shame, even that addiction, that anger, that depression, it dies, it shuts down the door. Get your fingers back because you're not to get touched by this. Pull your feet back because it's going to slam on those toes if you don't. This one's ending now. Get your feelings, get your feet, get your fingers out of the door by the authority given to me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shut that door. Never, never to be opened again by no man, including you. If you receive that, if you got the tiniest faith, I want you to lift your hands and worship the best way you can. Today is a new day.